It is well, it is well with my soul. Listen in today as Teresa Lewis and I, Kelsey Buell, discuss how to learn uh, to lean into gratitude and faith in order to feel well with your soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Work Redefined podcast, where we talk to women who are doing it all, but doing it with faith at the forefront. We want to welcome those of you who are new to us. And if you have never listened to our podcast, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. We want to give you a little bit of a challenge and invite you to commit to your growth and development by listening to every episode this year and make an investment in yourself to learn, grow, prevent your burnout, and create more peace and balance in your life with Christ at the forefront. How can you do it? Well, very simply subscribe wherever you consume this content. And also we encourage you to download our burnout prevention guide. It's found in our show notes. And if you download it, we'll send you an email with all the information you need to be a part of our community of amazing leaders. We're going to work really hard to give you high quality content. And so we ask that if this is helpful that you like, share, uh, write a review for us, talk about us on social media, tell a friend, um, anything is helpful. And so if you're ready to learn, grow and get to work, let's listen to another episode of our Work Redefined podcast. Teresa, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you today. I just am grateful to know you both as a friend and a business connection. And I know you and I have had a lot of encounters, but we haven't had a ton of time to spend intentional time together having really deep conversations. And so I'm just really excited to have that today. And I wanted to open up by having you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, Kelsey. Super exciting to be here and to have this one-on-one time to connect, which is really, really amazing. Um, So, you know, my journey, um, there's obviously a lot of twists and turns along the way, but when I, when I think about it, um, I actually started out after, well, even during college, as I was making my college decision very unintentionally, um, which is why I'm really all about living life intentionally (laughs) more so now. Um, But, you know, there's nothing wrong with that approach, but it was interesting. Ended up in a career in human resources, not through any any intentional choice, just kind of by default. And uh, after almost 20 years in that field, I ended up starting my own business in 2007. So there we go. That dates me. Um, So that was a long time ago and started doing coaching with individuals because I always had people telling me after they would visit with me, they're like, man, I don't know what it is. I just feel better after I talk to you. And I remember saying to a friend, I said, gosh, if I could just figure out how to make a business out of that, that'd be really cool. And so lo and behold, found this whole business of coaching and did that eventually that turned into uh, motivational speaking because I discovered that that was a passion of mine. Um, So I really, really like, that's just where so much of my heart is, is being able to reach audiences of all different ages, sizes, demographic ranges, everything. Um, So that's really cool. And along that journey, I was on the radio for four years. 
Um, so that was really fun. Christian radio station uh, really did not have any background in that. Uh, so that, of course, was an interesting little twist in the road, but super amazing part of the journey. And, uh, you know, since then, I still do a lot of speaking. I don't do too much coaching at this point in time, just with time constraints and everything. Um, added another business to my mix, doTERRA Essential Oils, because I'm really passionate about natural solutions and natural healing and all of those wonderful things. And then my husband has multiple businesses. So I try to keep him a little in line. Doesn't always work because I don't have that much time to devote to that. So <laughs> yeah, so well, very excited to be here. Well, again, this is really fun to have you. And it's really cool that you and your husband are both so busy with multiple ventures. And it kind of gives um, hope that, hey, it is possible. And you know, it, it's okay to do more than one thing. And I, I just love all of the different things that you've done in your background. And um, I know one of the things that we really wanted to hone in on today, um, Teresa, was gratitude. Because uh, when you are so busy, like you and your husband both, it sounds like you both are, um, the importance of finding time to make gratitude and what that looks like. And so I wanted to just, um, at a high level, start by asking, for you, what does gratitude mean in your life? You know, it's uh, so it's such an interesting question because it really is. Um, it's not overlooking the negative. I think that's where gratitude can get a bad rap. People are like, oh, it's that toxic positivity. And it's not that. It's finding the good. It's finding the silver lining. Um, I think that gratitude for me, when I think about how I started my journey in gratitude, actually, go back to 2008, there was a small group that I was meeting with and we had somebody speaking to our group, Lee Hodel, actually it's his name from Fargo. And he challenged the group to live in gratitude for 24 hours. He just said, you know what, from the moment, like do this soon, like from the moment you wake up, Think about what are you grateful for throughout the day as you're getting your coffee, your water. Think about the fact that you have access to these wonderful things as you're in your vehicle, that you actually have a vehicle to drive. Some people don't. If, if you're, you know, you have a roof over your head, some people don't. All of these wonderful things. And so that really did leave a mark on me. And of course, I've, I've attempted to live in gratitude for you know, all day long, multiple, like only positive words coming out of my mouth, all those things. Um, can't say I've ever fully succeeded at that, but I view that as still a win because I'm really, you know, intentional about that. Um, and then I think the other big thing to point out too is, you know, when you think about gratitude and what it means, it's, it's, there's so much of a biblical foundation for it. And we are told in the Bible uh, to be grateful and to give thanks and to have that sort of a heart. So I think for me, that's where I can easily say, you know what, in any given situation, we, we might not be grateful for the situation, but we can be grateful in the situation. So there's that, that distinction there, which we might have to stretch a little bit to find it, but usually we can. I say usually because I still feel like there's some really awful, awful things where I would struggle a bit. Mm. I was going to have you repeat that one more time for our listeners, because that was so powerful. Uh, would you be able to repeat that phrase that you just yeah. said? Um, that there, you know, in any situation, you can be grateful in the situation, but not necessarily 
for the situation. Mm. So even as I think, like one of the things I've done in the past is work with um, women at the YWCA and hearing some of their stories, hearing the challenges that they've been through. Uh, one of the women just summed it up so well. She said, I wouldn't want to go through what I did again. I am grateful for what I went through because I can help somebody else go through who's going through this situation now. And to me, like that was so powerful. So if, you know, when I think about the work that I do with somebody in the business world, who's, you know, the deal fell through that didn't work out the frustrations and the frustrations that we all have, like those little inconveniences of life. And it's looking beyond that to say, okay, this stuff, it's really not that important. <laughs> you know, if, if I can look and have a conversation with somebody who has been through abuse and a horrible situation and a violent past, and come through it saying she's grateful for an opportunity to help somebody else get through it. Wow. Then I know that we can have that heart of gratitude. Mm. I got goosebumps when you were talking about that value in um, going through a tough situation and being grateful that not that you went through that situation, but that you can help someone else who's going through a similar situation. Right. I think that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we were created to be in relationships. So it's not that we're supposed to be going through our stuff alone, but I think that's, and that's such a challenge in our society right now, because people think, well, I don't want to show my weaknesses. I, mm -hmm. I don't want to say what I'm going through because somebody might think less of me. Uh, but realizing that there are people who have been through what you've been through, and it's just reaching out to find that help and that support because there always is help and support. And that's so, so critical to be open to that. Why do you think as a society we've transitioned in that direction of really not wanting to lean on one another? What, like, what do you think it is that's created that within us? Oh, I don't know. My thought, I am wondering, what do you think about? I just think social media is just it's such a challenge. It's not real. Mm -hmm. There's so much that's not real out there that we are being marketed to. So if we think media and social media, there's so much untruth. And I think that's the challenge. Uh, years ago, I, I saw um, my friend's posts about her birthday and, you know, the posts were amazing. The pictures were great. Her comments were, it was like just a wonderful birthday. Her heart was full, all this stuff. So I texted her, you know, the next day or something. I was like, oh, looks like the birthday was great. Da, 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 checking in. And she's like, actually, it was pretty crappy. And I said, what? She's like, oh, it was really kind of crappy. And here's why. And she went on to kind of fill in some of those blanks. And I said, but on Facebook, she's like, well, that's Facebook. You have to say that. Mm. And I was like, wow, I, I don't think you have to. Like, again, that's where I'm, I'm thinking, like, find the good but don't, you know, still be authentic. So how do we find the good, but we still be authentic, I think is really where I try to go. Mm -hmm. It's not like we don't want to air our dirty laundry, but let's still be authentic with life. Right. And that's where the gratitude component comes in because feeling gratitude is recognizing hey, I might not have the best of circumstances, but I can still be grateful for what I do have. So, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. And things aren't perfect right now. And you know what? They probably won't be <laughs> like ever um, because we also have that, that thought in our head that says, well, I'll be happy when I'll be grateful when I will do this when, and instead of I'll be happy when like, okay, how can I be grateful now? Which can be a challenge. Yeah, because I am a person who likes convenience. I like things that work. I like technology that works. I like it when things are easy. <laughs> things are not always easy. <laughs> things do not always work out that well. Well, it's funny you bring that up because one of the conversations that's been brought up that I've talked about a lot lately is just how there's always that next thing and how we, to your point, we always feel like, oh, once I accomplish this or once I get to this level or once I get to this um, income standpoint, or once I have the right. perfect job or the perfect house or the perfect relationship, or, you know, once I get there, then I'll truly feel at peace. Um, as Christians and as humans, how do we deal with that? Because that's not realistic. No, I think it really is. Um, and I don't, I don't remember what Bible verse this is, but Paul talking about that he has learned really to find that peace and be content in every situation. Because he knows that, you know, the power is not him. It's, it's only through Jesus. So knowing that I think is uh, just where you can draw on that foundation. You know, I, I think that's what's tough is uh, people who don't have that foundation. Like, I, I don't know how you draw on it then, which is sometimes hard, you know, in the speaking world, because there's some groups that when I'm speaking, I can't necessarily go there all the way with the faith component. And sometimes I might get questions from people, you know, but how do you maintain hope when, and how do you, you know, stay positive in this situation? And I mean, I know how I want to answer and I will answer that in a one-on-one -on -one setting um, after those sessions. And sometimes I can go there a bit because I've had people say that after I speak to, even if it's a very businessy setting, they'll say, well, I can tell by the words that you said and the things that you referred to that you're a Christian. And I even had one person years ago, gosh, that was probably 2011 or 2012. They were like, it was almost, it was a message that I needed to hear because they said, don't be afraid to speak more freely about your faith when you speak. And that was a very business setting. So it was really interesting. Mm, that is so, I'm so glad that you shared that, Teresa, because it's very difficult to know, especially in this day and age and this world what's okay to talk about in the work setting. And, and I think as Christians, what I find is it's easy for me to get so busy and wrapped up in work that I put my faith on the back burner mm -hmm. and I even forget to talk about it sometimes. And I forget that right. it's something that, um, you know, when things are getting tough, I mean, what can you lean on, right? You lean on your faith, you lean on your mm -hmm. core, um, you lean on what matters. And so for you, I guess, um, I know you work in a number of various settings, but for you, what does that look like as far as incorporating your faith into your day-to-day? -day? How have you found to still share it or still at least keep it a part of your life? You know, I would say when I think personally, of course, it's trying to carve out that time, which some days is better than others for the quiet time, the Bible time, the prayer time. I love to listen, listen to Christian music throughout the day because to me, that actually keeps me super grounded. In that, I'll find myself singing, humming the lyrics and saying a prayer while I'm doing that um, as I'm in my car, as I've got it on in the background, whatever that is. And then I think throughout the day, you know, I will often, not always, I wish I did it always, but often refer to, you know, um, 
a Bible verse in an indirect way, you know? Um, so one that I think is, you know, who of us by worrying can add an hour to our life. Okay. That's a Bible verse. I might be talking about worry and share that as a quote. So people who know, know, and other people might think, oh, that's true. Um, probably not as bold as I could be with that. Right. Um, so, you know, little things like that, that I might do. And then I think one thing that I've gotten a little bit more bolder about is, um, just offering to pray for people, you know, if we were having that conversation, um, in a workplace setting and somebody's going through something, it's like, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll say a prayer for you for that, or I'll keep you in my prayers. And sometimes people are like, oh, I would so appreciate that. Thank you so much. And other people might look at you a little bit funny and then like, oh, okay. You know, I, I've, I've not yet had the experience where somebody said, no, don't pray for me. I've never had that happen. So. Mm. I love that. I think it's, um, it's funny when you put, I know you said you like to talk about perspective a lot. And I think that just offers a lot of perspective, Teresa, because if we sit back and we think, um, who could I say that to in my life? Who could I say, hey, that sounds really tough. Is it okay if I pray for you about that? Mm -hmm. Or I, I will keep you in my thoughts and prayers. Um, I, I don't think any of us could really say that we've ever been turned down when we've right. said that. And maybe yeah. someone has. I would, <laughs> Right, I would, you never know. <laughs> yeah, but that's a really unique perspective that... Um, you know, I, I've never been turned down when I said, I'm going to pray about that for you. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, um, I think I was going to say most people might realize that there is a higher power. Um, but that's probably not a true statement either. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a challenging situation, but I think of course, we also realize that we bring people to us that are supposed to be coming to us. They're supposed to be the people in our lives. Uh, so that also makes a big difference too, that there is a reason for, I do believe that there's a reason for the people that come into our space, uh, those that we can have an impact on, those that have an impact on us and really kind of being open to what that might be. And, you know, Praying, I, I do like to pray very generally too about like the, hey, people that I come into contact in my day, like help me to be a good influence, help me to be a light in this dark world, um, because you don't know who you're going to con come into contact with some days. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how your light shining on them might impact them for the right. better. Um, so no, I think that's really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. I love... Um, I love that concept of, well, the two things I wrote down were remember, remembering to memorize scripture and have, you know, Bible verses in your mind that can really be shared that, that all people could relate to. And it's as a way of opening that door. I think you mentioned humming lyrics to songs. And I thought that is some of the best ways to memorize scripture is by listening to Christian music because a lot of Bible verses are used in songs. It is so true. So you can listen to that song, go online, find out what it's based on. And you always, I always, when I do that, I always learn something. It's like, oh, that is amazing. I didn't know that. Like, okay, when we think, and here's, let's see if I get the story right. Cause I wasn't thinking I was going to share this one, but the it is well with my soul song. Um, 
the, think of there, there's some newer versions, but there's the, the hymn version that was written by a man called Horatio Spafford, I think is how to say his last name. And, um, I, I don't recall all the details of his story, but he wrote that hymn. Um, it is well with my soul. It's kind of like whenever the waves of life come, whenever, you know, things are crumbling all around you, just, you know, help me Lord to say it is well with my soul. And he wrote that song as he was like traveling across the ocean after learning that his wife, I believe his, his wife and daughters both died as they were traveling across the ocean. And he was going to, going to, you know, take care of the situation and things. He had just lost his family and he had lost another child, I believe, when, when that child was younger. And as he is traveling across the ocean, he is writing this song that it's well with my soul. And I just think like, that's the ultimate gratitude. Like how can you look at that? But, but that's the only way you can is if you have that strong faith, mm -hmm. you know, to say, okay, we just celebrated Easter. Jesus died on the cross for us. Like this, this is the hope that we have. Like no matter what else happens in the world, there is that hope, which then allows us to say, wow, it actually it is well with my soul. Like there's still challenges. There's still the stuff. There's still messes and people are not going to live up to your expectations. You're going to fail. There's going to be obstacles, but underneath it all, it is well with my soul. Mm. That is so incredibly powerful. I, um, so many goosebumps. I just think I love when that happens that, yeah, I, I'll, I'll find that story as well and link that in our show notes too, just so cool. that we, yes, people can refer to that. Um, I love that hymn. Um, I can just hear it in my head mm -hmm. right now. And just the piece, I, I picture you said he was, they were sailing across the ocean. I'm just picturing the calm waters, like, wa like kind of washing over you and just feeling yes. that that stillness and that calmness, despite the storm, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. picturing that um, imagery as, as you were talking about that. Um, so thank you for sharing that story. And, and I know there was one other story I was really excited to have you share that I think sounds like it probably plays into a lot of what we've been talking about. But I know that you mentioned that God really spoke to you through another specific Bible verse um, I believe it was Isaiah 40, 31. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a very cool story. Would you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you share that with us about that verse and the story um, and how that all came about? Absolutely. So years ago, um, it was probably, I think about 2009, something like that. And, um, you know, we were just going through some tough times as a family and a little bit challenging phase of life. And, you know, I had been, I had been praying. I had uh, really been intentional about prayer. I was in that phase where I was, you know, had been introduced to really the concept of gratitude the prior year. So I was really focused still on gratitude and trying to incorporate that in my life. Um, and yet, gosh, it didn't seem like, it didn't seem like prayers were being answered. And I was, I believe I think it was just a friend of mine. I don't know that I was in small group at that point with this person, but it was a friend of mine who like, he would get like messages from God. I feel like on a bumper sticker, he'd tell me a story. He's like, yeah, I was praying about something. And then voila, the bumper sticker in front of me on this car gave me the answer I needed. I was like, oh, 
I want that to happen. <laughs> so it was actually like a Saturday morning and we were going to go to basketball, like travel basketball for our daughter. And I was praying and I was like, you know, my friend Dennis has cool stuff like this happen. Lord, where you like give him the word, the verse, the scripture, the assurance, something. I said, I would just really like some sort of a, an assurance, a sign that, you know, are you hearing me where, you know, do I have faith in this next step? You're like, are we going to be okay? Et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, get, got ready, go to the basketball game and the ref, one of the refs, I think college age ref is running right, like right by the sideline. I'm sitting right on the sideline. He's right running and standing right in front of us at various spots. Tattooed on his leg is Isaiah 4031. And I think it was a Blackberry phone I had at the time. <laughs> Remember that thing of old. <laughs> Looked it up on my phone and I was like, all right, Isaiah 4031. I have no idea what that is. Um, so I'm looking it up and it's like, oh, okay. So those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. So I needed to trust. Uh, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow weak. And so I read that and I was just astonished because, well, there was that sign that I needed and that assurance. So that's been a Bible verse that then, yes, I memorized. I often say it in the shower. I did really good for a long time. Like I'd start my day with several Bible verses in the shower. I don't do it every day now, but the challenge is, like we said uh, before we started recording, sometimes we do things that get us to a good place, and then we forget what it was that got us to a good place. So it's one of those things that now I've, I've recently started back in that habit again. Um, I'm not, discipline is not really like my good friend, so <laughs> I can't say that I'm really good and disciplined every day that I do it, but frequently I have a few different Bible verses that I will repeat and recite to start my day. And that is one of them because I want to keep that on the forefront of my mind. Mm. Well, speaking of signs, you just reaffirmed, uh, you just gave me another sign that I should order these things. I saw on, of course, Instagram, because as you're on social media, you see these advertisements for things. They're basically like these little waterproof sticky notes. Ooh, or something like that. I've that you heard have, of those. Yeah, you can put them in your shower. And I'm thinking, okay. This is reaffirming. I think I need to order some of those because yes. having something in the shower that's like positive quotes or Bible verses, I think that would be so really, really, really fun. So I'm thinking I might do that. Great idea. Great idea. And, you know, and I think that's the thing too. I like to have visuals around me, you know, the words, the affirmations, it could be the sticky note. It could be a little index card. It could be the cute little you know, plaque that you've got, whatever it is, um, pictures on the wall. I just think things like that are so incredibly important to have around in your space too, because we have so many things competing for our, our attention and we need to keep focused on what, what we want to versus what the world will tell us to distract us with. So it's really that getting intentional about that. Um, I have reminders on my phone like different points of the day to keep my mindset in a good place, to keep me reminded to pray. I keep a prayer list on my phone. So, you know, those are just the tools that have worked for me. Um, I'm always learning more too from people that I meet um, because I think that's so important. Um, but it, it's the little things like that, I think that can really make a big difference in your day. 
I love posing that question. What's competing for your attention? I think there's so many distractions. I wish I had the stats memorized, but all the different thoughts that we think every day on top of all of the advertisements that we see every day, I think it's something crazy like over a thousand advertisements we're inundated with every single day without even realizing it. There's some statistic yes. out there. And again, I'm not spot on with that number, but um, we just are inundated with uh -huh. things and it's easy to put faith on the back burner. It really is. Because yeah. we've got a lot of things to do. And here's something that somebody told me years ago. If the devil can't have you, he will make you busy. Mm -hmm. So think of all those distractions and how they are constantly bombarding us and keeping us just off track. And I think we've all had it happen, like where we do go into social media and it's like, oh, I should go wish somebody happy birthday, or I should go find this piece of information or, oh, there's an event. And then it's like 45 minutes later, you're like, hey, wait, what did I pick up my phone for? <laughs> you know? So again, that distraction is really, it's, it's just keeping us away from what we should be doing. And I, I use the word should be, you know, very loosely because nobody wants to be shut on. So we have to be really careful, but <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it just keeping again, very intentional, I think is the word that I like to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've used that word a few times, but there's that time warp of getting sucked in into um, tasks and things that aren't meaningful. And it's really easy um, to focus our time and energy towards trivial things that aren't going to matter even in a year from now. Um, and so I think that intentional living is just such a key component of this conversation we've had today and something that we all should focus more on, especially intentional, being intentional with our gratitude, being intentional with our relationships, being intentional with our time. Um, I really just, yeah, I love that perspective that you've shared. Thank you. Well, this has been fun. And it's always good for me because it gets me like re-engaged and re-excited. Like, oh yeah, I need to, I really do want to um, add to my Bible verses that I have memorized and bring more in. I have a friend, I think she, I think she did like, was it 40 verses she memorized during COVID um, or more? It, I don't, remember numbers very well. So something of that nature. And I was like, that is amazing. What an impressive use of that time. That's awesome. And then yes, to have those like in your back pocket that you can share those with other people when they need to hear something. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's so funny. I've discovered this over the course of the last couple of years. I mean, you've re tried reading all the self-help books, you listen to all the speakers, um, you hear all these positive, encouraging messages, which are great, um, but it's, it's like the, you're still searching, right? And then it's funny because we turn to the Bible and we realize, oh, <laughs> like had I just gone straight here, all the <laughs> yes. answers are right here. <laughs> the answers are right there, you know, because one of the things I even speak a lot about is the seven mindsets. And mm -hmm. there is a biblical foundation for each of those mindsets which is so much fun. So when I get to talk about seven mindsets by faith and relate it to those, like that's just, that's the best because then we get to talk about mindset, like all the stuff we get to control, but then let's talk about the fact that actually, no, we're not ultimately in control. <laughs> so let's just be very clear about that. God's in control. He's in charge, but we still have to do our part. So it's kind of that blending of both. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You and I, I remember when we had coffee a while back, we talked briefly, I believe about the seven mindsets. And I think 
Um, is that part of your, your book? Do you incorporate that? I know you have a book as well. Yeah. So I mentioned them briefly in there, you know, because the seven mindsets is the, a whole book in and of itself that I did not write. That's Scott Schickler and Jeff Waller that wrote that out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, but yes, I mention them in my book because they are so powerful and it's been such a cool part of my journey as well. Hmm. Well, so speaking of your journey, I know our listeners always love learning about new people. And I think there might be some additional ways that we can help come alongside you and support you in your journey. So Teresa, I know I already mentioned there's a book people can find. Um, yes. Tell us more about that. Tell us if there's Absolutely. any other ways you can think of um, for us to support you. Yeah, well, certainly I've got, I've got my book life by design. Um, so really about being intentional with your life and lessons that I've learned. Um, I've had a few thoughts that I might actually do another version of that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure when I'm going to commit to that, um, but you can get that actually at my website and then I will autograph it and mail it to you in the U S for free. Um, if you're outside of the country, we'll talk about that, but yeah. <laughs> So, um, and connect with me on Facebook. That's probably, you know, again, I do have people who actually tell me that's the reason that they go on Facebook is to see what I'm posting. Um, mm -hmm. so I do try to be inspirational, um, share some interesting things with people, you know, again, what's, what is going to help you from a body, mind, and spirit perspective. That's really what I like to try to do. And of course, I'll share some of my stupidity, my stupid moves, the things that, you know, people will just get a laugh out of, you know, stuff like that. Um, and Instagram, uh, Teresa inspires well-being. I do have a couple podcasts, but, you know, they, they were very short in nature. So uh, two different um, series. One is a 21 day Thanksgiving binge which I usually launch it like right around do promos right around Thanksgiving, but it is something it's a binge on gratitude. Uh, so you can do that at any point in time because it is super short. I think they're all like around two minutes long and it's just a daily challenge in gratitude. And then I have another one well-being moments, which launched during COVID. And that was really with the healthcare worker in mind um, where it was like just short, like a minute what can I do today for my well-being, my state of mind? How can I get in a different space? So those podcasts are out there too and haven't uh, done anything beyond that. Have that thought. But again, my to-do list is very long, but then time available is not quite that long. So, <laughs> Well, and you're downplaying the value. I'm thinking, gosh, yeah, that 21-day binge, um, that can live on its own and continue to inspire people every day. So the fact that you haven't done much more with um, podcasts, I still think it's amazing that you have something out there that people can grab onto and listen to. And that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So, and I have had thoughts too, that I do want to like launch that into a course at some point in the future. Um, you know, so who knows? when I, maybe when I get bored, right. <laughs> that probably won't happen. So no, I need to figure out when I'm going to do that and, and figure out a plan for that, because I do think it could be really valuable for people because we all know that gratitude journey literally can change your life. You know, you're crowding out the negative to focus on the good. There's the health benefits, there's physiological benefits that you gain from that. Um, and you ultimately get more peace. And I think that's what a lot of us want. 
Yep. Finding peace through mm-hmm. gratitude and really, um, yeah, it just all goes back to that, that song that it is well with my soul. What can you yes. do, um, to make time for your faith and make time for God, make time for Jesus, make time for the Bible, um, in your everyday life. And I think mm-hmm. you've given us some really, really great tips, tricks, ideas today. Teresa, this has been so meaningful. I've had goosebumps multiple times. Oh, so fun. Um, I so wrote fun. my to-do list. I'm going to, you know, try to keep memorizing scripture. I'm going to, um, I think just really when I hear someone's going through a tough time, not be afraid to say, I'll pray for you. Or can I pray for you? Yes. Um, I think so that good. that's on my to-do list as well as on top of ordering some of those waterproof sticky notes that I can have. I love that shower. idea. I think I'm going to get some of those too, because I've I'll heard find, about them and I've never gotten them. I'll find them and I'll text them to yes, you. Perfect. <laughs> That's great. But, oh, well, Teresa, Good. any last thoughts, words, comments for our listeners? as we? <sighs> you know, um, it's just, it's just a matter of focusing on, on what you can control, which is a whole big challenge in and of itself, but then letting the rest go and letting God who do his part, I think is the thing where that's where that worry comes in. If we get too crazy about things, then we worry and we go into anxiety mode and it's stepping back from that to say, okay, how do I just find the gratitude, be present in the moment, uh, know that ultimately all will be well, even when things are not well around us, we do have that hope. So that's, what's pretty amazing. It is amazing. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for inspiring us, Teresa. Thank um, you, Kelsey. We could probably talk for another couple hours. So right, we'll right. Um, on <laughs> again. <laughs> we'll have you back sometime. But thank you Sounds so good. much for your time. This is great. Thank you. Take care.